Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. More than half the women in my cabinet, more than, more than half the people in my cabinet, more than half the women in my administration are women. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. More than half of the women are women. Impressive. Uh, by the way, did I mention we have Senility Now t-shirts with Joe Biden's face on it? StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. Use the promo code Stu10. Save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notification. Do all the things. We always appreciate it. Dan Andrus is going to be here with the latest on a pro-life activist who was targeted by a reckless FBI raid. China is apparently spying on us with, with balloons now. Balloons. I guess TikTok isn't quite enough. But we start by doing the cult of racism. And every time we talk about this topic, I feel like it's important to remind you of one very important thing. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. I love the, the smiling people who, who posed for that stock footage. Everyone, it's, it's, one of them has to have seen this video, but now just be like, I, I just went in for a nice shoot. We were cuddling with a baby. Why is racist on, the, on my face? For Don't worry about it. Um, who is racist today? There's always somebody racist in the news. And I think it's bringing me to a new theory on all of this. And I want to run this by you today. Uh, this is uh, from the Blaze NFL team accused of racism for firing black coach hires another black coach. We're talking of the Houston Texans here who hired D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach. This is after a week of sports talk radio and ESPN and all that crap going on telling you that the Houston Texans were racist because they fired their previous coach who was also black. So they hired two black coaches in a row and the answer to everyone's analysis on that is that they're racists. This is really stupid, guys. I mean, the fact that this is happening, I've already done this show. We are in year four of this show. And I've already done the show you're about to hear on Studas America with the Houston Texans like a year ago. All the same stuff happened. This is crazy, and it continues to go on over and over again. Are the Texans racist now? They hired an African-American coach. Does that make it okay? I don't know what the rules are anymore. You keep saying you've passed rules in the NFL, the Rooney rule, which means you have to hire black uh, or interview black coaches for coaching uh, openings. They've expanded this rule multiple times. They are now penalizing teams with draft picks, playing with the with the uh, competitive balance of the league. If you were, uh, for example, if you have a an executive and someone hires a black executive in that role, they're giving away like free picks now. Like, we are coming to the point where this is just like the woke on top of the woke on top of the woke to the level that it's actually playing with the competitive balance of the league. That's insane. You know who doesn't? I I don't know. Look, Colin Kaepernick wants that to happen, okay? I don't think 99% of the black players in the NFL want draft picks given away because black players get jobs. Like, or black coaches get jobs or black executives get jobs. That's not how this is supposed to work. Everybody knows that. It's silly. 
don't make decisions based on skin color. That's what we used to think was the right decision. Now we, we have to make them based on skin color. It's institutionalized in the league. And of course, it's not just the NFL. Now, D'Amico Ryans is an interesting candidate here because he was the hottest coaching candidate on the market. And this happens every year. There's always a couple of like big uh, you know, defensive or offensive coordinators that are the stars of the NFL co- coaching search. And D'Amico Ryans was at the top of the heap this year. He was the guy, the number one guy everybody wanted. He could have interviewed for any of the openings. He, did, he had uh, op- opportunities to uh, interview for, I think, at least four of these openings. And what's interesting about that, given the fact that he was the hot assistant of the year, you'd think he wouldn't pick the franchise that's racist, right? But he did. He chose to go to the Houston Texans. Even though every single piece of analysis you watch on ESPN over the past few years has been saying how racisty they are. Why would he choose this if he believed that to be true? He had other options. Why would he choose this? Well, perhaps it's not true, but it goes beyond just D'Amico Ryan's because there's basically three kinds of coaches in the NFL. And it's important to understand these three types of coaches. You have, first of all, the holy crap, we're desperate and we really need to pick somebody to coach this team. Like, we are at a point of desperation. We missed out on all the high-profile assistants. We missed out on all the coaches that have had lots of success in the NFL and we're thinking about getting back into the league. We missed out on all those guys. We just got to get somebody on this team. Type two is the retread guys, like the guys that have been around. They've had maybe some moderate success a couple of jobs ago, but they're not really in demand anymore. That being said, they have experience. You know, they, they, they can bring some experience to the table. And, you know, you can make an argument. Hey, you put them in there and they'll help some of your younger players and bring some stability to your organization. But it's, you know, it's, you're not necessarily super excited about it. And then you have to your, the next tier, which is the top guys, the, the guys that everybody wants the, the you know, people who have won Super Bowls in the past and maybe retired, or you know, Andy Reid was in the situation a few years ago where he had a huge run of success with the Eagles. It finally fell apart. Within like two weeks, he was the head coach of the Chiefs. Everybody wanted him. He went over there immediately. You have people like Jim Harbaugh, who was, who was talked about in that role uh, this year. You have people who are the hot assistant, like D'Amico Ryans this year. So you have these, types, these, these three types of coaches. And D'Amico Ryans is that top-notch coach. Now, I want to walk through the Houston Texans' history here. They just hired D'Amico Ryans. Ryans is really that top-tier coach, the guy that everybody wants and everybody uh, is, is, is going after him in this particular offseason. He happens to be black. Do they hire him because he's black? I don't think so. That would be stupid because making a decision based on skin color is stupid. You shouldn't do that in any circumstance ever. It's a nice, easy, simple rule. Most people can't seem to follow it these days. I don't understand why. Used to be kind of the obvious thing to do, but now we're off of that bandwagon. So let's look at the Texans. They hire Ryans. He's a type three coach, right? He's the guy, uh, he's the top guy. He happens to be African-American. That comes after a period where everyone said the Houston Texans were racist. Well, why were they racist? Because they had fired their previous coach who was also black, and, of course, uh, that was uh, Lovey Smith. Now, Lovey Smith is more of the retread guy. Lovey Smith's had some success in the NFL. He's a well-respected football guy. But he was, uh, you know, not really in demand anymore. His prime maybe had passed. 
Uh, and everyone said, okay, well, you know, there wasn't a lot of demand to hire Lovey Smith as, as a head coach, but he fit their team well. He was, you know, he was an older coach, younger players. Maybe he's got to come in there and, and set things straight. So they hire Lovey Smith, also black. But what's interesting about Lovey Smith being a black coach is we went through the exact same period of media analysis where everyone said the Houston Texans are racist because they had fired their previous head coach, David Culley, who is really kind of more of the, holy crap, we don't have anybody to coach this team, who should we pick? And they went to Culley because they ran out of other options. Culley was not a highly respected uh, coaching option, although I think he did a a decent job with a pretty bad team. Uh, But he was black. Now, to go back to the beginning of the Culley hiring, the analysis on that one was that they were racist for hiring a black coach because the team was so bad, they were setting him up for failure. So the Texans, to review, were racist when they hired a black coach because they gave him such a, a job on, with such a bad team. Then when they fired that head coach, they were also racist. Then when they hired a new black coach, they were still racist from the previous black coach who they'd fired. And then when they fired that second black coach, they were racist again for hiring that second, firing the second black coach. And everyone called them racist for two weeks. And then they hire another black coach. And this cycle seems to go on and on and on and on. So now we are at the point where the thing said most about the Houston Texans is that they are racist, despite the fact they have hired three consecutive black head coaches. This is legitimately the dictionary definition of insanity. It makes no sense whatsoever. But you know what? I don't think it is just insanity. This is what this systemic racism nonsense gets you to. It puts you in a mindset where you see whatever you want to see around every single corner. You are a hammer. Everywhere you look, you see a nail. That is how this works. It is deeply inside the brains of these knuckleheads who are on television trying to spew this stuff every single time. People have jobs literally just to go on TV and tell you that decisions made by NFL teams are racist. That's all they do. Their only thing, their only job in life is to come on TV and tell you how racist these things are. And that's what the systemic racist stuff gets you through. Because I would say it's like a religion. And in some ways it is. It's very similar to a religion, almost like an old school religion. I would call it a religion now, but Americans don't pay enough attention to their religions to follow it as closely as these uh, people out on TV are following these racist theories. It's just not, uh, they're not as dedicated in actual church as people are on ESPN. This is a deep, deep, deep sickness. This constantly seeing racism around every corner is affecting the brains of millions of people. You certainly see it on social media. You certainly see it on sports media. It really is like it's very similar to the mindset of like a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. Someone who, no matter what evidence is presented that, you know, this disproves the claims that you're making. You just find a new theory. You just go to, it's like a conspiracy theory. And the dedication to this theory is the same way. Racism in this systematic, uh, anti-racist, Ibram Kendi world is essentially a conspiracy theory. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, are you saying racism is a conspiracy theory? No, I'm not saying that. Obviously, there is real racism. 
But like we see this all the time with these theories. For example, Pizzagate is a good example of this. Pizzagate was this theory that uh, there, you know, all these elites were uh, trafficking uh, young boys and girls in sexual ways at a pizza place. Okay. Now, what happens every time you, you know, you, you see evidence that disproves this theory? Well, people who really are dedicated to that conspiracy theory find new arguments. They find new examples. They find new reasons. Eventually, this guy shows up with a gun to the pizza place in Washington, D.C., demands to see the basement, and then realizes they don't actually even have a basement, despite the fact that the entire theory is built on all of this happening in the basement. They have no basement. Now, that should shake the faith of a lot of people who believed in at least that part of the theory. But did it? Not really. Because once you're that far down that road, you believe it no matter what. We see the same thing happening with, for example, in Memphis, we had this terrible incident where, uh, the, where uh, Tyree Nichols was beaten to death. An awful, awful story. The theory, of course, was this is white supremacy. That's the only thing that could cause this. And when it comes out that five black cops were responsible for it, that didn't shake the, the feelings of anyone who made that argument. They didn't say, oh my gosh, well, at least in this one, we were wrong. They didn't say, oh my gosh, well, maybe this isn't as open and shut as we thought it was. No, no. It was still white supremacy. It was white supremacy passed through the black cops. At one point, they literally were watching the video saying, I think I saw a white hand. I saw a white hand in the video. Now, the whole beating is on video. None of the people who are beating him are white, but they saw a white hand at another part of the, of the video, and therefore, why isn't that person being arrested? It was white supremacy all along. No matter what happens, these theories don't die because they're conspiracy theories. That's not to say they're, there is no legitimate piece of this that is, uh, that is uh, true. Of course, some racism does exist, just like Jeffrey Epstein does exist. Jeffrey Epstein does exist. Was he trafficking in young girls? Yeah, sure seems that way. There's a hell of a lot of evidence. The guy was convicted of it uh, multiple times. He went to prison for it. So, yeah, that's real. We just had this ABC News producer who uh, was accused, uh, credibly, it seems, of, of all sorts of child porn and weird crap associated with that. Some of these people are involved in this. Does that mean that every pizza restaurant is, is hiding children in their basement when they don't have basements? No. It doesn't. But people who are absolutely dedicated to that theory will say, well, wait a minute. What about this case? And what about this case over here? What about this one? And that doesn't necessarily mean that the overall story arc of your conspiracy is true. And that's the same thing with the Ibram Kendi view of the world. Yes, of course, you could find some people who are racist. But picking out a couple of disparate examples of racism does not prove your theory. And you know what else doesn't prove your theory? When five black cops beat a black man. That doesn't prove your racism theory. But they don't back off of it. They see it around every corner. And this is a deep, this is a deep, deep problem. I mean, who would do this? Who would do this? If you had a team that hired three consecutive black coaches and you're still on TV calling them racist, that's like a psychosis. You're not even attempting to analyze what is actually going on here. You're just sitting back and going crazy for everybody's public consumption. That's not something we should cheer on. That's something that you go to the doctor for. This is the theory. This is the conspiracy theory that really is, 
you know, it's much more prevalent than any of the conspiracy theories we're talking about. QAnon, we know the problems that have happened with some of the people who go, go so far into the QAnon theories. Uh, a lot of times they're wearing horns and uh, they might show up at a uh, Capitol building near you. Not positive. But we don't sit here and have the mainstream media going out and saying, you know what, by the way, there's a lot of truth in that QAnon. That's not what happens. That is what they do with a systemic racism conspiracy theory. And that is what it is. Yes, there have been times in America where systemic racism was absolutely true. Just like there have been times, by the way, that the government has done things that are super shady and that people like Jeffrey Epstein have existed. It's not to say that none of these things are true. But the way that it is analyzed in the media today is just nothing more than a conspiracy theory. It's a bunch of people trying to perform parlor tricks where they stand around and say, well, you don't think I can show racism here? Well, let me show it to you. I will figure out a way to call this racist. And that's why you must understand the truth that is the overarching thing that controls. It is the the explanation that solves all of this. It is the grand unifying theory. Always, always remember one thing. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. I just did some stock footage thing and I was just cutting some carrots and look where it... All right, so there's nothing more than a great watch. Uh, everyone knows this. This is, this is, if you're a person who understands style, Glenn has a bunch of great watches. He's been a collector for years. But, you know, this is going to surprise you. Not everybody's got the Glenn Beck money to buy the fancy watches. He's got some nice watches. The man deserves some nice watches. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame, for God's sakes. But I, th- I will say, not everybody can get there. If you haven't necessarily made your very large, well-deserved, uh, money over the years. Um, maybe you want to check out Vincero. Vincero is making exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. You get these premium handcrafted watches. There's some great watches out there, no doubt about it, but they're not going to fit the everyday person's budget. You can finally own a high quality lasting timepiece without having to go broke getting it. It's a great gift if you're looking for the perfect gift, either to elevate your own style or uh, that of someone you love, or you just want to get it from someone else. Just kind of slip this into their inbox. You know what I'm saying? You can save 20% off and get free shipping when you order the uh, a Vincero watch using the exclusive, exclusive code STU. Now, Vincero designs everything in-house. They source their own materials and produce in small batches where, you know, this means that basically they're committed to doing things well or not doing them at all. Their lifestyle brand out of San Diego makes uh, high quality and affordable sunglasses, jewelry, whole lot, whole lot more. Check out their site. Uh, you Don't wait. You can be too late to miss out. If you haven't, you be looking for a guy, maybe for Valentine's Day coming up, great gift. Get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with the code STU at VincheroCollective.com. Support the show. Check them out. V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. VincheroCollective.com. Look good, feel good, and save big with Vincero. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Let's take a moment and speak about personal weakness. Um, What's one of my personal weaknesses? Well, 
There are many. Obviously, Taco Bell comes to mind. But a secondary weakness is a lot of times we spend a lot of uh, attention. We, we, we pay a lot of attention to a, a large story that goes on for a while, and then it kind of slips out of the news cycle, and then we never really wrap it up and learn anything and take it all the way to the end. It's just, you know, there's so much crap going on, and I think it happens to all of us. Uh, um, but I want to revisit a story that we've been talking about for a while and that actually came to a, an actual positive, positive conclusion for once. I want to bring in Dan Andros. He's managing editor of Faithwire and host of Quick Start, the podcast, which you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. And he's been watching the Mark Houck story very closely this entire time. Dan, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks. Uh, take us back. To the beginning here, if you remind people about the story and what happened with Mark Houck as he's trying to do something you'd think he'd be praised for saving babies' lives. Yeah, he's a, he is a um, pro-lifer and he's um, a frequent um, at the Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia and he stands on the sidewalk and he tries to uh, minister to uh, women who are going in there seeking an abortion. He's been doing this for I think 20 years now at the same Planned Parenthood. Um, he gets into an altercation with uh, one of these Planned Parenthood escorts who are the people who they walk, um, you know, potential patients in because they know that these protesters are out there and that they, they will speak some truth to them. And so they don't, they don't want them to hear that. So they say, we'll walk you in. That's what they do. These people are out there. They know each other. They're out there all the time at the same time together. Well, uh, Mark Houck alleged that uh, this this one Planned Parenthood uh, volunteer uh, provoked him and stood next to his son and was shouting vulgarities, all these other things, which he often does. But I guess he got really close to his son. This is what he was alleging. And so when he wouldn't go away, he shoved him. And um, it was should have been a local thing. The They, they did um, press charges and went to a local court, but the guy never showed up. The one who was shoved never showed up, so the case got tossed out. Should have been end of story. Somehow, some way, it gets picked up by the feds. They charge Mark Houck with a FACE Act violation, which is the blocking of someone going into one of these clinics. And a ridiculous case. He said, I wasn't even close to the door. There were no patients there. What are you talking about? But I'll come in anyway. They send the FBI. You might remember the FBI raid. 20, 30 agents at his house, all heavily armed, like big, heavy SWAT gear, a big show of it. Uh, well, he just was acquitted on this case. So um, the trial, you know, barely lasted a week. And uh, it was it's remarkable. Yeah. So kind of to, you know, to review this, there's this violation. It seems completely absurd. The local authorities, you know, they do nothing with it. And it gets to conservative media. And we're all saying, hey, this is completely absurd. How can this be happening? And the courts eventually agree. So that's positive, though he's put through, you know, real torture here uh, with the raid that you mentioned, harassing his kids, uh, you know, multiple months of of legal jeopardy. Um, can you take us inside the courtroom here for a minute here, Dan, because you're looking at this case and the way it played out. It played out kind of how I would have thought it played out. They treated a lot of this as just, you know, completely ridiculous and it ended relatively quickly. Yeah, well, the key here is it was he was charged with a FACE Act violation, which is a federal crime. He was facing 11 years in prison Jeez. for shove just for shoving this guy who was shouting vulgarities at his 11 year old son. 
there, which he was doing because he doesn't like the fact that the protesters are there. So he's just trying to get them to leave. That's why he does this. I guess he does it regularly. But, you know, Mark said, and eh, normally I just let this roll off my back. But he just kept provoking me with with his son right there. Now, the video finally has been presented. And what's very interesting here, Stu, is Planned Parenthood has several cameras out there. They only took this one where you get kind of an awkward angle of it. And um, on the CBN News YouTube channel, I did a breakdown of this video if you want to check that out. Uh, but basically, it backs up Mark's version of the story. Mark is way on the corner. He's not by the Planned Parenthood entrance where the escorts stand. And you see on the video this man walk all the way to the corner and park himself right next to his son. And he kind of, you can see him getting irritated and Mark, like, get back, go back to your spot. I'm over here. And as he's walking away and listening to him, he then turns around and you can see him saying something else. And that's when uh, Mark shoved him down. And that's it. It was just a shove, you know, while he was getting in his kid's face and all this stuff. And that's the only thing. Now, for a face act violation, 11 years in prison, um, you have to be intentionally blocking doctors and patients from trying to get into a health care facility, which is it's a stretch to call Planned Parenthood a health care facility. <laughs> yeah. um, but it just begs the question, how in the world did this thing rise, get get to this point? Because I'll note one other thing, Stu, I've learned just through you know reporting on this, that the DOJ and the feds, they will not take a case by and large, unless they know they're going to win. They always win is what the attorneys were telling me. And so and so, when you look at this case, they had no case. The, the prosecution didn't even use the video in their opening arguments. If a big face act violation was committed and you have um, evidence of this, I would think you'd want to show that evidence. But they didn't. And the defense did. And they ended up winning in resounding fashion. Incredibly revealing, right? Like you have video of a claimed crime. Is there ever a case in which the prosecution doesn't lead with that video if they think they have something there? They're going to want to show that to the to the jurors. They're going to want to show that to the court so that people can say, oh, my gosh, yeah, look at that. It's every one of these cases works the same way. I mean, we've seen this in some of the you know police shooting cases where you hear about someone getting shot. You don't know what it is. And then they show the video and it's either uh, really, really makes it worse and people get more and more angry about it or it explains the situation away. And over and over again, you see if a prosecution has a good video, this is all they have to do. They don't even have to argue the case. They just show the video and that's it. In this case, the prosecution does not even show the video in their own opening statement. It's the defense that actually shows the evidence and it winds up clearing them. I mean, this is as absurd a case as you can imagine. And this is why this is important, because there has to be some explanation, some reason why one guy pushing another guy. That's the extent of the incident. They have it on video. One guy pushing another guy. That's not a, it's not a beating on the ground. It's not a sledgehammer to the head. It's one guy pushing another guy to the ground one time. Not even like a bar fight. How does this case escalate from a local crime to a federal court? It makes absolutely no sense unless there's a massive agenda at play. Yes, and the timing is key here, Stu, uh, when you're connecting the dots on this story. And look at when the raid happened. 
the raid happened and I think it was September 26. It was late September, whatever the exact date was. A month away-ish from the midterm elections and what was one of the big issues for Democrats this midterm election? What was it? They were pushing the row issue. And it was a huge deal for them. Oh, they're taking away all your rights. And, uh, you know, uh, we're losing all the, the women's right to choose. And these crazy pro-lifers are out here. What better imagery for them in their minds than to have a pro-lifer getting a big, bad, evil pro-lifer getting raided by the FBI? Because, you know, I guess that I mean, I think it sort of backfired a little bit. But in their minds, they think this associates them with like a you know, big drug kingpin or something, right? Like, because they're seeing all these FBI. It's really crazy, Stu, because the um, the attorneys for uh, Mark Howe told me that and showed me the, the documents, and I think Glenn reported it as well on on your show, that um, they offered to, to come in. They said, hey, look, you don't have a case here, but we will take him in anyway to avoid the hassle of a raid so that nobody has to go through that, the agents or the family. They ignored multiple requests um, for, for them to do that. And then the next time they hear from them is when these officers all, you know, these agents all show up heavily armed, you know, ballistic shields, uh, rifles, uh, in, insanity, insanity. And it's, I think, really egregious, Stu. I mean, it's essentially a weaponization of the FBI and the DOJ to make a political point um, that, that's inexcusable. You can't do that. Um, now, they're not going to admit this, but when you when you look at all the things we just talked about, um, that, the, that the feds never never lose cases. They don't take cases they can't lose. They, they had this video evidence from day two. Um, why, why didn't they just uh, leave it at the local courts where the incident happened and it was thrown out in court? Why didn't they just leave it there? You know, why didn't they not do the raid and then just communicate and send him in. All of those things lead to someone wanted to make a political point. That's what it screams. Yeah. And I think the government needs to find answers to that. I think, you know, Republicans or Democrats who aren't comfortable with this need to press for answers as to how in the world this was this happened. It's a great point. And with Republicans having the House and having some investigatory powers there, this might be a good thing to look into because there's some email, there's some text here, there's some communication that explains why this meaningless local case would get all the way uh, up there. And, and we've got about 30 seconds here, Dan, but like, I mean, am I just jumping to conspiracy theories thinking, look, they want to make this a big case and they want to make it a big case before the elections. They got to highlight abortion, these evil abortion clinic people. And then it's not till after the election where the video comes out and this guy get a, gets acquitted. And a, most, you know, most people could have been myself would have just let this go. Thank God you didn't. But like what uh, th I can't see another explanation as to why this this went this way. I can't either. And but if but if there is one, they they should provide it. They the, the pressure should be on them to provide. It. Maybe it's just a rogue uh, agent in that district or whatever in the in, you know, that branch of the DOJ or whatever that that that, you know, district uh, the office or whatever, the DOJ. And sure. they just didn't like those whatever. Maybe it's that. I don't know. But it sure doesn't look like that when you add up all these things. Um, it, it makes uh, it is the most plausible 
explanation that I can see. Somebody called in a favor on this, and we should know yes. who this was and how this got to this level, because it shouldn't even have showed up on their radar. Uh, Dan Andrews, no. managing editor, faithwire.com. He's got that uh, frame-by-frame, you know, Zapruder film type of analysis <laughs> over at uh, CBN News on their YouTube channel. Make sure to check that out. And, uh, uh, of course, subscribe to the Quick Start podcast uh, each and every day to start your day. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. All right, thanks, Stu. Appreciate it. Have you noticed gas prices going up again? What, when, why does, why, again? We, we had, a, they went all the way to like five bucks a gallon and now they're coming back down. They came down a little bit. Now they're going back up once again. One way to push back against this is to just save money on gas. I've done this with Upside. I saved 35 cents a gallon on my first gallon, uh, first uh, tank of gas. That's a lot. Plus you save every single time you fill up and it's not just gas. It's gas, it's groceries, it's dining out. With Upside you get cash back on every purchase that you make through the Upside app. And look, you don't it's easy. You know, I feel like there's a lot of these apps are like, hey, just get a coupon and then run three miles and then bend over backwards and learn to knit and then you get 10% off. No, this is like you just sign up for the Upside app. You use the promo code Stu. You get an extra 25 cents back on every gallon for your first tank of gas. Then you can claim an offer on whatever you're buying on Upside. You pay as usual with a credit or debit card. You follow the steps of the app and you get paid. It's, it's not complicated at all. Upside doesn't sell your personal information to third parties. They know your information is part of uh, why you trust them, so they are careful with it. Upside users are earning hundreds of uh, dollars a year, and that's probably why they got the big ratings at the app stores. Uh, download the free Upside app and use the promo code STU. You'll get 25, an extra 25% uh, cents back on every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's an extra 25 cents back on every gallon on your first tank of gas using the promo code STU on the Upside app. Red Balloon is here. Yes. The red balloon is here. Yes, from China. The weather balloon came across the border, apparently. There's a picture. It doesn't look like a balloon, really. It's up against the moon there. Uh, and it looks like a bunch of really... It's like they, uh, they put a balloon and they just like put a bunch of satellite equipment on it, hoping no one would notice, and it's really super-duper obvious. But I guess they, uh, the Chinese sent over a balloon. A weather balloon, they say. A spy balloon, we say. And I'm going to, have, I'm going to go with our analysis on this one. Uh, for some reason, the last couple of years have taught me maybe not to maybe trust the official explanation from the Chinese government. It's crazy. I know. And, you know, by the way, they're telling you TikTok is totally OK. They don't have anything to do with it. You should totally, totally believe them on that. But don't believe them on the COVID thing or the balloon thing. Let your kids uh, go on TikTok whenever they want. Um, so uh, amazing. So the red balloon came across the border. Uh, it is uh, just happened to go float over some sensitive military equipment. Now, I don't honestly know what value a, a spy balloon would have that a satellite or TikTok would not all, already provide. Like, it seems like they're doing spying through so many different facets of our world. I don't know what the balloon would actually get you. The U.S. is saying, like, well, we don't really want to blow it up because the, the debris will fall down and we don't want it to hit people on the noggin. So right now, it's just kind of floating above us, and they're just going to continue to spy. Just continue to spy. I mean, measure the weather. They're very sorry that blew off course, though, by the way, so don't worry about that. Uh, also, let me give you this from AOC. Uh, AOC trying out to be a preacher now. Uh, this is legitimately one of the most comical things. Look at I, I want you to just appreciate 
Forget how much you don't like her policies. Forget how much she might annoy you. Just look at how hard this little person is trying here. This is really like, it's almost encouraging. Watch. I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Amen. Don't tell me that this is about an abdic- a, a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks. Hallelujah. Where you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers. Praise and, God. Uh, and uh, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments Amen. in this body. This is about targeting women of you color in the, in the United States of America. Yeah. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single Look at how I mean, good. It it really is like a little she's like a little girl who sees cotton candy. She's like so excited. And I I, got to give her that. Um, I will say her argument is obvious nonsense. I mean, the other two people who were suspended in the exact same manner are both white men. It makes no sense at all. And she her life was not threatened. But it's just ridiculous. I mean, it was a, a tasteful, taste, it was not a tasteful ad or tasteful cartoon that was released. It was not a, a, an actual death threat. It's absurdity at its finest. And, uh, you know, look, I don't think she actually believes the stuff that she says, but I don't know. She kind of, she might be dumb enough to do it. I mean, maybe she thinks Eric Swalwell is a person of color. He's certainly more credible as a person of color than he is the person who should be on the intelligence committee. Sometimes the only way to survive the insanity from the left is to laugh through it, and that's where Alex Stein comes in. Yes, he's here. Primetime 99, the pimp on a blimp. He's here with his new show coming to Blaze TV very soon, like in a few days. Too soon. Like, there should be some alerts out there. People should be warned this is going on. Uh, If you like unscripted comedy that trolls the ridiculous woke ideology, you're going to love Primetime with Alex Stein. You could say goodbye to the political correctness. You could say hello to Primetime 99, always on the grind. Watch Primetime with Alex Stein. It premieres February 8th. By the way, we're going to be doing a State of the Union thing, uh, I think, the night before that. I'm hoping Alex will be part of that coverage. It'll be a lot of fun to make fun of Joe Biden as we watch the State of the Union together. That's February 7th. Uh, But the next night, February 8th, uh, starts Alex Stein. Uh, go to blazetv.com slash primetime, blazetv.com slash primetime. Use the code PIMPONABLIMP. For 20 bucks off Blaze TV, pimp out of limp, 20 bucks off Blaze TV at prime, uh, blazetv.com slash primetime. It's blazetv.com slash primetime. You might be aware that the Philadelphia Eagles, America's team, are going to the Super Bowl to represent the NFC, the only team that could really ever be considered America's team in the NFC, of course. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they will be going to the Super Bowl to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, one of their division rivals, one that, you know, uh, that won a couple of Super Bowls back in 86 and 90, and maybe a couple after that against the Patriots, I don't remember, but the New York Giants. Now, they're big rivals. These two teams hate each other. The Empire State Building, though, in the middle of Manhattan, decided to light up green and, was it green and white? Um, to do the Eagles colors when the Eagles won the championship. And like I, as an Eagles fan, love that. If I was a Giants fan, I would hate it. 
Now, they did it once before, and now they are saying they will do it again if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Just basically being like, hey, Giants fans, uh, screw off. And that's pretty much what they're telling them. And they may, they may burn the Empire State Building to the ground. Would you put this past New Yorkers? I certainly wouldn't. Um, of course, the Eagles might just drive up there and do it themselves. They tend to climb on things and knock them over after Eagles win games, so we'll see how that goes. Also, finally, the 30-year-old Bobby has broken the record for the world's oldest dog. 30 years, 267 days old. Do we have a picture of Bobby? There he is. Uh, hanging out there with a cat, which is uh, probably not helping his age. But oldest dog ever, 30 years. And I will say, really, do we know? Because I, I don't actually know the exact age of Miles, President Miles. Do we have President Miles? There he is. Oh, look at this guy. I love this guy so much. He kept barking while I was doing the show at home around the corner. and I had to keep shuffling him out in between commercial breaks. Uh, but Miles, he's at least like 17, maybe 18. So not quite up to 30 yet, but he's getting there. And he's still more coherent than our actual president. All right, welcome to Stu Eats America. Yes, where we give you the latest information on breaking junk food news that you need to get through the weekend. We give each uh, item a grade, old school you know, grade from uh, your high school or whatever, A to F, that type of situation. And we've got three today to try, and starting off with Doritos Blazin' Buffalo Ranch. Yeah, pretty, sounds pretty delicious. Uh, they say it's flavor on another level. We'll be the judge of that, Doritos. Mmm. Mm. I wish I need like a, what's the thing they swirl wine around in? That's what I need for this stuff. All right, let's try this. Blazing Buffalo Ranch Doritos. Okay. Not a huge taste, I would say, on that first one. Sorry for crunching into your ears, by the way. Edit this out. Get all the crunching out. I mean, I don't mind them. They're, they're, I mean, there is a little kick there at the end. They're not super spicy. Not tasting a lot of ranch, I wouldn't say. They're pretty good. I, I, I like these chips. I just don't know that, like, if I'm a person going into the store and I'm like, I want some blazing buffalo ranch, like, I don't think I'm getting that. These are just, like, solid Doritos, a little spicy. I like Doritos. I don't like the explosive uh, spice on a lot of these things that they try to like outdo it as like a trick. Uh, so I'm gonna go with a, I'll give this a solid B, but I don't know that if I was desiring these chips, I would be super excited about them. They're just solid Doritos. All right, next up, Cheetos. Flamin' Hot Tangy Chili Fusion. Yes. Kind of a creepy thing that just says connect with Chester Cheetah, which I don't know, he seems a little shady. Is he on, is he on Snapchat? What's he doing? Ooh, those, the smell is not, uh, not what I was hoping for out of those. Let's try, and I love the spicy, sweet, chili Doritos that they have out there. Let's see what these Cheetos can do. What? <laughs> That's the most perplexing thing I've ever eaten. Hmm, I don't, I don't know how to describe these. They're very strange tasting. You know, I think I kind of like them. That's a very, I, I almost, there's like some vegetable I'm tasting in there. It almost tastes, there's some weird vegetable. Oh crap, I'm running late. No, no, I could use a B. They're all right. 
I'm running late because I want to get to these for sure. Reese's dipped animal crackers. Yes. I always end the stuff with Reese's because I really like the Reese's stuff. Let's give it a shot here. And we got about 40 seconds left. Here we go. Got the uh, peanut butter on one side, chocolate on the other, and it's an animal cracker. Hmm. It's pretty good. It's like, a, if you ever have those fudge dipped Oreos, they're incredible, but you can only have like a couple of them. That's kind of what these feel like. They're really, really rich. I would not like down a, well, there's only about six in this bag, but I would, I could down this bag, but I wouldn't want a huge bag of these. These are good. I'll give these a, uh, I'll give these a B minus. They're not my favorite Reese's treat by any means, but uh, these chips, not so bad, I will say. Hey, get some fatness in your weekend, and we will see you on Monday. It's Super Bowl week, go birds!